Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. This episode is part of a series of team by team check ins that my co host DJ Short and I will be conducting right up until the opening of the 2017 regular season. Um, we've already covered the Red Sox, the A's, the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, the Rays, the Giants. This episode will we'll cover the Reds with beat writer C. Trent Rosecrans of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Um, you can find all these episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, and of course the Roto World website. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe, rate, and review us. All of that is a big help. Um, here we go. We'll check in on the Reds with C. Trent Rosecrans. Thanks for joining us, Trent. Um, we'll just jump right in here. Maybe you would disagree with this as somebody who... Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Maybe you would <laughs> good way to start. Maybe you would disagree with this as somebody who covers the team on a daily basis. But to me, it seems like 2016 was a relatively predictable season for the Reds. Of course, oh, yeah. there are always going to be injuries and some new names emerging. But from a wide angle view, we saw a little more offense, disastrous pitching, and a Jay Bruce trade that fell in line with the Cubs' current rebuilding philosophy. Um, they finished the year with 68 wins, 94 losses, and a run differential of negative 138. Um, let's start out with that ongoing rebuild. It doesn't sound like Joey Votto is going anywhere, at least not this summer, but will we see a Zach Cozart trade? How about Brandon Phillips? Uh, Anthony DiSclefani's name was floated early this offseason. I'm not asking you to make predictions on these guys, but <laughs> right. what have you heard or, or what are you sensing leading into camp? as it as it you know pertains to the the reds rebuild well you know it's, it's kind of a tough spot because of the restrictions on on what they can trade you know zach cozart isn't a restriction from cozart it's more who needs a shortstop and they're gonna basically need a team that thinks they're in it so you know not the padres um that needs a shortstop and most everybody thinks they have a shortstop they're okay with right now. And so what they're going to need is an injury or something unexpected to happen to a team that a 30, what, one-year-old? Is that Zach 31, 32? Um, you know, in his last year of team control, making a pretty, you know, a decent salary but not a prohibitive salary uh, who will be a free agent at the end of the year, that that makes sense. And there's just nobody who matches up with them right now for that. And that's going to that's gonna depend on what happens between now and, 
either opening day or the trade deadline. Um, so in addition to that, let's see, that's Cozart, and that's probably the easiest one, and I would maybe even say the most likely to be traded. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I think at some point that'll happen, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get, you know, Glaber Torres or anything uh, for Zach, Cor- Zach Cozart. Uh, you're going to get something, and you're going to get a spot to play Jose Peraza every day. Um. Then you have Brandon Phillips, who has five and ten rights, and boy, does he. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's used them at the very least three times to flat-out deny a trade and used them more to influence a trade, um, to, to, to complicate one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that, that means – at some point, it's like, what what does he want? He really kind of wants to stay in Cincinnati. Um, right. And it's they, there's nothing short of eating $14 million that the Reds can do about it. Now, they can do that, but that's a heck of that, – that's a big enchilada. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe at some point they get there, but – I, I'm not sure what it is. You know, they've tried everything. They've tried contenders last off season. Um, we all know what happened to the Diamondbacks, but in the off season, they looked like they were in pretty good shape. They were a contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, okay, what about a contender with a manager you like? Dusty Baker. He said, no. Yeah. This off season, they said, Hey, what about going home to Atlanta where you're from and where you still live for part of the off season? He said, no, mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem to be a spot. You know, last year he said, well, yeah, if you pay me and give me an extension, and nobody's going to do that for um, a middle infielder at his age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, it appears he's here. Now, the one thing that could be different is if they say, you're here, sure, but you're a bench player. That might hasten things. Um but that's a lot of conjecture and that's a lot of drawing lines and assuming. And it's tough to assume, especially when the evidence points to Brandon Phillips doesn't want to move and he has earned. And I always stress that he's earned that right not sure. to move. Yep. Um, and then Di Sclafani, basically, I think Di Sclafani was, they were almost like with Dan Straley. Um, I think they're very similar in the fact that you got to blow them away. And I think they thought the Marlins came for Dan Straley and gave them more than they expected. And so they pulled the trigger on that. Um, and with, with these Sclafani, that price tag is going to be much more than what the Marlins paid for, um, for, for Dan Straley. So if I, I think they're listening but the Sclafani is a guy they really like and one of kind of an under the radar, a, a pretty darn good pitcher. Yeah. If, oh, yeah. If, if, if you watch him, I think he's a guy that not a lot of people know about. Um, the question will be, can he stay healthy and do it for a full season? And that's the only question. But when he pitches, he pitches well, it's not flashy, but he's, he's been very, very good. So um, they would have to be overwhelmed and, that's been known to happen, and it, and it's already happened once this off season, um, to a much on a on a smaller scale with the Dan Straley trade. So, I find that one the, you know, of of everybody of those three guys you talked about, um, 
the one most likely in the 2018 Reds is is Anthony DiSclefani. Yeah. Um, Billy Hamilton is obviously a, a very popular name in the fantasy baseball world because of his sure. speed. Last year brought a career-high 58 stolen bases, along with a significant bump in on-base percentage. Uh, those two things are obviously pretty related. Hamilton had a 285 OBP in 266 games between 2014 and 2015, and then that number jumped to 321 in 2016. You watched him play every day last year. Um, is this OBP uptick, uptick something he can maintain or even lift higher? In your opinion, that's a, I mean, that's, that's the big question, you know, and and to break it down even further in the first half, he had a 283 on base percentage. And then in the second half and 45 games, it was 369 and he had 36 stolen bases in those 45 games of the second half versus um, 22 and 74 games. I mean, they're, those things go hand in hand. If Billy Hamilton gets on base, he's going to steal bases and he's going to score runs, um, you know, and, and he had 32 runs in that second half versus 37 in the first 74 games. Um, you know, and, and the, the question is, is do I think he's a, he can be, a, he's going to be a 283 on base or 369. Well, 321 is, is I think it's possible. And if he's a 321 on base guy, he's a very valuable player. Um, because of that speed, both in, I guess, fantasy, I don't play fantasy or pay much attention to it. Right. Uh, but I understand that it is, you know, speeds, steals are the one, they're one of the toughest things to find, but also on the field, that's very valuable. Um, the one thing I saw with, with Billy was, you know, here's a guy that every day before games, and I did see this every single day. He was working, he and Eugenio Suarez were working with Joey Votto. And it was something they both went to Votto about. Um, it started with Billy, and I, I wrote this several times, it started with him just kind of wanting, when Joey would go out and do early work, Billy wanted to be around. And just and, and, and then he would ask questions. Mm-hmm. And that led to more and more um, discussions. And really, I mean, if you're going to learn from somebody, sure. you know, <laughs> getting on base, that's like going to, you know, Picasso for, for painting lessons. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's Joey Votto does that better than anybody. Joey Votto is as good as there is at not making outs, which some of us see as a valuable skill. Others struggle with that, apparently. Um, so, you know was this a blip or was this the maturation of a player? And I think that's a, it's a really interesting question, but I will say in that second half, you did see better at bats and a different approach from Billy Hamilton. Um, He was laying off things. His recognition seemed better. He did a lot of things that were encouraging to say that this wasn't just, a hot streak or a fluke that maybe this is a trend. Now, I, if, if he's a, if he goes and replicates his second half over a full season, 293, 369, uh, on base, I mean, you're talking a monster year. I, I, I find that hard to expect him to do that, but, um, I, I, I think somewhere in the middle is, is pretty realistic. 
That's good stuff. That's why I like this series to to get a little inside info. Yeah, I mean, follow around Joey Vado and you'll learn something about plate approach. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's what <laughs> you know. Billy just said, you know, even if I didn't talk to, him, if I just watched him, yeah, you'd hope something would rub off, right? But um, that's yeah. where you should go. Yep. A big potential fantasy sleeper for 2017. A guy you brought up earlier is Jose Peraza who delivered a, a 324 batting average and 21 stolen bases in 72 games last season at age 22. Uh, he appeared defensively at shortstop, center field, second base, and left field. I guess it's going to, p- to depend largely on the possible trade scenarios we talked about earlier, but where do you see him settling in defensively? And, I mean, can he be a 50 steals guy at p- some point like Hamilton? You know, that's a, it's an interesting question. And this year... Um, are you asking where he's going to be defensively this year or in the future? I, I think th- this year and the future, really. Well, I mean, this year, again, he'll, he'll probably play four right. spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll play the two middle infield spots and probably left and, and center like he did. I can see him qualifying at all those positions. Um, Long term, he's either a second baseman or shortstop. And, I think he'll get his first shot at whichever one of those positions open up opens up first. Uh, I think the Reds really want to see they they believe he can be a shortstop. Um, will he be Zach Cozart defensively? No, um, because Zach Cozart is really good defensively, uh, but he could be league average or above average, slightly above average defensive player. They feel, and if you have that. Um, there's some interesting stuff there. He's a guy who doesn't walk a lot, um, but he has great bat on bat on ball skills mm-hmm. to go with that that good speed. Um, it's funny, you know. We heard I, I had a lot of people talk to me about his speed, and this is why I'd be a terrible scout because you know you think of the twenty to eighty scale. To me, an eighty is Billy Hamilton, mm-hmm. which is probably like a ninety, which doesn't exist. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and if he's if he if Peraza is a 70, 65, 70 runner, that's really good. But that looks different to me because my eyes are trained on Billy Hamilton, and everybody's compared to Billy Hamilton, which is just completely unfair. Yeah. But Peraza can steal some bases, you know. But he will get thrown out a bit too. Um, yeah, it's it, ten it's, caught stealings last year on what thirty one attempts. Yeah. Right. Of course, look at Billy Hamilton. That's something that he's gotten so much better at. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, he got he got caught stealing eight times, and this is from a guy who was caught twenty three times as a rookie. Yeah. Um, and each of the last two years, he's only been caught eight times. He's matured, and he was, you know, at tw- he was twenty three then, and he was still older than um, Jose Praza will be this year, and that's something to to keep in mind. Um, Adam Duvall was one of the big fantasy and real life surprises of the 2016 season. Certainly. Um, racking up 33 home runs and 103 RBIs in 150 games while earning his first National League All Star nod. Um, Great American Ballpark is a friendly place for sluggers, to say the least. Um, but few could have seen that coming. And those prodigious power numbers did come with a 241 batting average and 297 on base percentage. A stat category like RBI will often rely on factors outside of a player's control, so we won't bother there. But do you think that home run total is repeatable? I, I think it is 
for Adam Duvall at Great American Ballpark. Yeah. As long as, you know, Major League Baseball hasn't done something to the balls, and I don't think they would have because, uh, or, I mean, to regress the home runs because those are those are great. But, um, you know, when you see a guy who leads the league in home runs sign for a one-year uh, $3 million deal, it tells you about the value of home runs these days. Um, but, but could Duvall be a 30? I, I, I Anywhere from 25 to 35, if he stays healthy and plays a full year, I would expect. Um, and the other thing is, you know, RBI is such a stat that is based on other things. But if Jose Peraza is having um, quality playing time and Billy Hamilton is somewhere around that 320 on base percentage, anybody who is batting behind those two and Joey Votto looks like they're going to rack up some RBI. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always think of that year um, that Brandon Phillips and Jay Bruce, I uh, was at 14 when, when Shinsu Chu, 13 was Shinsu Chu and Joey Votto were batting one, two in the Reds lineup. And, you know, both of them were like 400 on base. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to Jay Bruce about we were in Houston and he got his 100th RBI of the season. And it's just kind of a note like, well, you got a hundred RBIs. He goes, man, <laughs> I had Chu and Votto heading ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I would be, it would be a terrible season if I didn't have a hundred RBI. Um, you know, Jay's uh, a lot of baseball players, including another guy on that team who had a hundred RBI. Don't look at it that way. Jay was somewhat um, unique in that, but I think for most of us, we realize that. Mm-hmm. And um, so if, Basically, what I'm saying is when you have two guys who are capable of 50 steals batting ahead of you and this unicorn that doesn't make outs also ahead of you, mm-hmm. you know, Duvall should have a pretty good chance at, at repeating that um, 100 RBI season. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, Rysel Iglesias opened the 2016 season in the starting rotation, but shifted to the bullpen in June after returning from a shoulder injury. He flourished in, in that bullpen role, posting a 1.98 ERA and 54 strikeouts over his final 50 innings. Uh, to me, it appears like he's locked in as the Reds' closer with the 2017 season approaching. Uh, do you think he finishes the year at closer? And if not, who would be next in line for saves in that bullpen? Well, I, I think you're going to have several people get saves in that bullpen. That's what the Reds yeah. have said since the end of last season. I, I feel like managers always say that and then never never do it. But. You know, but they did. Um, yeah, let me look over true. the last month of the season. Um, if you look over the last month of the season, when they were really kind of doing this, they had, um, uh, let's see, Iglesias. Well, Iglesias had him. Um, Singrani, they didn't have a lot of save opportunities. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but you can see Lorenzen. I, I, I don't think it's far fetched to see Lorenzen, um, Iglesias, Storin, and even Singrani pick up saves throughout the throughout the year. You know, and, and you're right. A lot of teams say before the season starts that they're not going to use their bullpen this way. But, um, you know, I've had long talks with Mac Jenkins, the, the team's pitching coach, and he is his, – his basic thing is, and he has said this to me, if Rysel Iglesias 
is just coming in to the ninth inning with clean, clean innings and pitching one inning to pick up saves. We're wasting him. This is a guy that they don't think can handle the rigors of a 33 starts. So they're hoping that he can pitch multiple innings, maybe not back-to-back days or, you know, three out of four days like a, like a traditional three-out closer does. Um, so their whole thing is we need several people who are, who are capable, and they felt that they had – at least two in Lorenzen and Iglesias, guys who have been starters, who could get f- four or more outs to, to finish a game. And I think with Drew Storen, you have a guy who's done the you know traditional closer role before, uh, but they will be using him in certain ways, or at least that's what they say now. And, you know, May 15th, let's see where they are. But that's something that, They've talked, both the front office and the coaching staff have, have talked about being very committed to. Um, I was going to ask you to update the health status of Homer Bailey and Devin yes. Mezzarocco, but I, that's something that you know our listeners can just look up at, on Roto World or, or on the Cincinnati Inquirer's website. Yes. Um, so let's just skip ahead to my final question, which is about the farm system. Um, it has naturally improved as they have done this this rebuild and um I, most sites seem to have them as a top 10 system leading into 2017 yeah. um can you give me some names that maybe our readers should should keep an eye out on people that are somewhat unknown that we might see in 2017 make a meaningful impact yeah um it's an interesting group i you know because right like you're saying 2017 their number one prospect is Nick Senzel who was right. who was drafted last year I, I don't see Nick Senzel making any kind of major league impact this year it will be interesting later in the year whether um, uh, Jesse Winker gets there or not mm-hmm. but you know if, if you look at this this list I'm just looking at the Baseball America one off the top of my head Um Cody Reed, Amir Garrett, Robert Stevenson, and Sal Romano are all top ten um, right-handers, or well, and well, the, I'm sorry, pitchers, starters. Reed and Garrett are lefties. Um, with Homer Bailey starting the season most likely on the disabled list, they were already talking about, well, you were going to have all the, these young guys, and we're going to try to find, let them battle it out for the um, the rotation. Well. This is one more spot. Yeah. And um, you're going to have a lot of guys in spring um, trying to figure that out and get there. So that's going to be an issue. Those guys, Tyler Molly is a guy I would, I would certainly keep an eye out on. Another young right-hander. They have a bevy of these right-handers that may not, there probably aren't, Let's just say they aren't like potential aces. I, I think there's been times where both um, where the top three of those guys have been been called that. But you know you have a lot of really quality good arms in Garrett Stevenson, uh, Molly, who I mentioned. Luis Castillo is the right-hander they got from the um, the Marlins in the Dan Straley trade. Um, you know, rookie Davis can. Carrie Mella, you know, a lot of these guys will probably debut um, some point this season and might even 
some of them could come in the back of their uh, bullpen. Sauramano, um, there, there's all sorts of different guys there, and they've stockpiled these arms because you, you have to stockpile arms. Yeah. And and it could be very interesting. I, it, that's one thing they're deep on is those three, four, five starters with power arms in that system. So uh, it, with Bailey's injury, you could see a – you could see like both Stevenson and Reed or Stevenson and, and Garrett or Reed and, you know, any of those guys, I, I would say you put Garrett, Stevenson, Reed, um, Molly, uh, Romano kind of in that mix. Mm-hmm. Now, Vladimir Gutierrez is one of the Cubans that they spent a lot of money on last, um, last July. And he could be interesting. I think he probably still needs to get a little more seasoning in, and and they need to see him in more competition before he enters that. But it's an interesting name to watch. Thank you so much for uh, for joining the podcast, Trent. Uh, great answers. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem, Drew. Uh, anytime, and, and keep in touch. Again, we'll have multiple episodes per week during this team-by-team check-in series all the way up until opening day. If you like what you heard make sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes again you can find all these episodes on platforms like stitcher audio boom google play and you can always just check the road world website um follow c trent rosecrans on twitter at c t r e n t that's c trent um you can follow me at drew silve that's d-r-e-w-s-i-l-v thanks for listening to the road world baseball podcast Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.